Hello and welcome to Crumbs, the podcast for Crumb by Crumb, Crumb. Today on the podcast, in the beanbags, is friend of Crumb, director, actor, photographer, J Boy Baz, Jack Baz, Jack Barry, of Two One One Three Creatives, and also taking many of the photographs included in this podcast when you see it. Today in this marathon session with the boys, we hear how Jack's preoccupation with preparing for the apocalypse saved him and his partner Miriam from a burning car on a Los Angeles highway. We discuss whether Crumb is Miles' biggest art piece yet, and we dismantle the idea of tall poppy syndrome and make the case that Kiwis like celebrity, not art. But first, we kick it off by asking J-Boy if he's ever dreamed of making an Air New Zealand safety ad. Would I do it as an actor or as a filmmaker? As a filmmaker. Yes. Do you have any, have you ever thought about what you would do? Just sitting on a plane and be like, oh, I would fucking do it. Pictures of your Air New Zealand dad. <laughs> on the spot. If I'm honest, I haven't thought of one. Mm. Never? Uh, not really. If I'm, like, if, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't been like, you oh man, I'm on the toilet and boom, Air New Zealand ad came to me. <laughs> I've looked at them and gone, I, I think that's good, but it slightly missed the mark a few, few times. I would like to attempt one, but I've never been like, wow, I have a perfect idea for it. Because it's hard, right? How do you fit in safety as well as entertainment, as well as not distracting the people from a serious health and safety concern. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> like, I, w- I really want people to be able to put on their breathing apparatus mask, oxygen mask, if it flops down and them just not freak out. There and is a pamphlet in front of you, you know. <laughs> That's true, but how many people get that out? I mean, I get it out because I if like to see... If the ad was that fucking confusing, people would go, I'm just going to read the pamphlet. <laughs> Maybe that could be your take. You make it really confusing and like potentially quite shit. So they have to pay so attention. So then people are like, or they get so confused at the end. They say, what? But the ad ends on a very clear message of like, oh, there's that pamphlet in front of you. And it gets people to read. Because if you read it yourself, that's like you try to learn the information yourself. People take that in better, right? Some people. Here's the thing. How many times have you flown with, and like flown? You, obviously, you've been overseas a lot. You lived overseas. So you've had at least one international flight. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Isaac, how much have you flown? Quite a bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've flown quite a bit. Could, do you think that you could, in, in the moment, remember kind of all the things that you need to do? Oh. Can you kind of, like, do you, if, if I say, hey. Think about it now, how, what's the order of the shit that you fucking, like, what do they tell you? But yeah. If, yeah. if I say, hello, this is your captain at J-Boy Bears. <laughs> There's an emergency, 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 emergency. Um, what what are you going to do? The oxygen masks have fallen down. Put that on before you put that on others. Yep, me. Too. Yeah, see, I remember that one too. But then, is there something about putting it over your face before you inflate the thing? Or no, then that's, that's a, a life jacket. jacket. <laughs> Fuck, see? But you can pull Don't the tab. Don't inflate it while you're inside the plane. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You that. pull the tab once you're outside the plane. And if you need more air in your life vest, that's you the blow. Thing. It's also got a whistle and a light. The, where is the life vest? I know vest the whistle and the light part, yeah. Where is the what? Where is the life vest? Is it under the seat in front? No? Under your seat in front of you. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, Depends where you're sitting, though, because then it would be in the little side bit if you're in um, whatever it's called. 
I do find the I have to say when I'm on a flight I try to get the extra leg room but I also find it quite intense knowing that if I'm in an exit row you if I'm not fast enough holy moly that's quite a few lives that I might be at risk and they're like you know they're always like when you swipe your card thing you take it onto the plane and it goes and you're like whoa that's intense and they're like hey you're in in an allocated um, emergency exit are you okay with that oh true you see like little four foot two people who I'm like man that's a that's a 15 kg door (laughs) that you gotta lift up you gotta lift tilt back and and push out yeah yeah that's pretty hectic man do you, you and it's so casual like so are you sweet if we you know everyone's about to die and you can only save us are you cool with that yeah that's right the air, the, the, especially like, on those small ass planes like down to New Plymouth and shit you know like those 50 seat things I'm not gonna lie this is one of the reasons behind you know when I said before about the zombie apocalypse yeah. and around like the training or, or movement stuff that I do is so that if there is random stuff that happens to me I want to be able to kind of like not have that thing. Well, you have a real life experience with that, mate, with the fucking, the car blowing up in America. Yeah. If you weren't as strong as you are, then you'd like, you'd be fucked. Definitely Miriam. Yeah. You'd be burnt to a crisp. So but people don't really know that, right? <laughs> do I need to? Do we need to elaborate? On well, that? I don't know that story. If you don't, if you want to, do you want me just to tell them the key points, or do you want to tell the story? Ah, uh, no, I mean, this here from Jack. But it would be quite funny to give you the synopsis. <laughs> okay, yeah. I the synopsis see. is Jack and Miriam are in America. Yeah. And they're in a car, on cool. the motorway, like going, you know, full speed. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah. So. And then literally out of nowhere the whole bottom like the whole engine of the car just basically falls out under the car and and so the car just starts going to a halt while everyone's just zooming past them like what the fuck are you doing and the car just explodes sets on fire like the whole front of the car um and then Jack basically just do you just you just open your door no cause why could you not open the door I can't remember because it blew up and it what, fucked stuff. So the it had burnt through all the electrics. That's right. So you couldn't. Yeah. So like all the lights and the power steering went and it burnt through the brake lines. So it was just starting to get like real hard to drive. And then because the electrics were burnt, it didn't like self unlock the door and stuff. Mm. You know how oh, cars like lock. when you're in. Yeah. So it was like a, a relatively modern car that it had locked its doors while we were driving, but then didn't unlock. So then I had to like kind of push my way out of the top of the door what do you mean the top of the door like where the top of the door is is like a weak part okay. so then I like push that so that then the, the bolts and the door bit that were did you know the that the door. top of the door is the weak part yes that's fucked how did you know that because I've watched too much like um, Discovery Channel where it's like air crash investigation and like Mythbusters and all that sort of stuff so because if you hadn't got out it could have the f- was it still on fire? Was it like on fire? It was like, like, it stopped the whole, yeah, one ten, on, on in, in LA. So like that, that. So the car is that on fire? They could have reached like the gas tank and shit like it, that. Well, when the fire truck Dude, finally got there, yeah. Oh right. <laughs> so then Jack somehow like pries his way out of the car, which is the key part of the story already. That if you weren't able to do that, which is like ninety percent of humans probably. I mean, I think you could, I think anyone, I think any of us could do it. No, no, but you'd have to know about it. And well, the other it. option would just be try and smash the windows at some point as well. You're one. 
Yeah, it's true. Some other alternative if you didn't know that one. Well, I, but there's a thing. You know that you can lean back in your car. If you put your feet up on the windscreen, it just pops out. Yes. But And do you also know that that's why headrests have... The, that's why headrests pop out. Like, except the metal, you can smash windows with your headrests. Which you showed me in my van without smashing a window. But yeah. remember, we were sitting there and you're like, yeah, you could have yeah. just taken your, you could have just taken your headrest out, brother, and like, smashed it, man. <laughs> and I was like, sweet, bro. Next time, bruv, that you're in a fucking hectic car. Yeah, wow. So Jack gets out. No one, but no one was stopping, right? Everyone was just driving around you on the yeah, they didn't give which a was shit. the most hectic part. So Jack gets out of the car somehow, and then is on like the biggest freeway in LA, and no one is like slowing down to be like, "Are you all good or anything?" Zoom past it. He's having to also avoid not being hit by a car at like 100k. While he then obviously comes around to Miriam's side, and luckily her window was open like. Enough that you can get maybe your arms out, right? Mm. And Jack's just like, get out of the fucking car. <laughs> what? Like, get out. And Miriam's just like trying to just fuck around the window or whatever. So Jack literally helped. This is, this is like ultimate adrenaline, right? He just puts his arm in, grabs around the back of her neck, and just goes as hard as he can, yanks her out the window. Fuck. And she's pretty like, bruised, though. She had, like bruise on the back of her neck and it bruises all up her legs and over her arms and stuff. But yeah, crazy. So then you get her out of the car and somehow what just sprint across the fucking freeway. No, no. So it had, we, I'd pulled over to the oh, side. You'd managed to pull over. But so it's only on one side that was cars zooming past. Yes. However, until it started rolling backwards oh, across the freeway. Oh, so you'd pull, you'd pull like <laughs> on an angle and then it started coming back on an angle. Well, yeah, it was on this little kind of like hill. Oh. A little slope, and it just started rolling back across the freaking freeway, and I was just like, "Oh man, I'm so glad we didn't kill anybody, and we haven't been killed." And it starts rolling across, flaming out of the bonnet, no lights, apart from this massive torch of fire. Oh, so you guys have got out onto the hill yeah. away, and then you, the car starts rolling back. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> "Wait, are you saying this is night time?" This is this is probably like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning after. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, 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 I never knew it was at night time. But after Fuck. being at a freaking film premiere at the New Zealand embassy, New Zealand US embassy, and it was such a great night, we'd made all these contacts, and then my wallet, which had all the cards, was just burnt alive. Why did, so, why did how, what, how did you not bring your wallet with you? Because it was sitting in the middle. Because oh, again, it's the states. Fuck. You know, like I'm, I'm, I, you hear, you see horror stories of police in the states. So I'm just like, I don't want to have to reach for anything. I just want to, you know, put. I just want to be able to go. You, you see my wallet? Boom, here it is. Rather than it being in my back pocket. Fuck. But yeah, it rolled across. It nighttime, I've always had the story in my head of it being like bright, no, of LA sun sort of thing. It's it's. Like oh, middle of the night. Intense. Yeah, man. And so then there's just fireball rolling across the motorway. And cars just dodging <laughs> it. <laughs> no one hit it. Apart from once all the traffic had stopped, someone tried to get past it. Obviously, there's this huge burning fire in this car. Like, it's huge. It's probably the height of this building at this yeah. stage. And somehow, they reckon they went past it and it bumped into them, even though it was stationary on the side of the road. And so it would have hit the front of their car, but the back of their car was the thing and the insurance but an insurance claim that they tried to make. That Against was you guys. So they obviously just, you know Scammers. Yeah, I mean they just had a munted car, like I've thought about it. There's a couple of dents in the van I want fixed. Oh, whoops. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I haven't done that. But that's the thing that happens in the right? Yeah. Well, it's like sewing people, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing, yeah. So Whereas you can't 
What is the law? Is you can't sue another person. You're talking New Zealand now or America? Yeah, New Zealand. Well, we have ACC, which covers claims like that. The, we have like another system for dealing with it so you don't need personal to personal mm. legal stuff. Yeah. That's my Timaru understanding of it. <laughs> Timaru Vegas. I, d- I could be completely wrong on that. It's my understanding. <laughs> yeah, it's a real... It's a real thing though, eh? Like, in New Zealand... I find it so interesting though, because... Like, for example, when we were in the States... I love the attitude there that... Um, versus New Zealand, you know? In New Zealand, someone does something, you might give each other the finger... And that's quite offensive, or you're like... You fucking dickhead? Yeah. And that's, you're like, whoa, that person yelled that out in the street. Whereas, like, in the States... I was staying with this really, like, lovely... Um, family like awesome family um, really good mates call them my family now um, and I go for a bike ride with the dad of the family and he's a I believe a seventh day Adventist um, is that relevant to the story yes because okay. we were riding through and he's like so polite expat Kiwi who then a lady walks out in front of him on his bike and he's like get out of the way you dumbass what the hell are you doing and I was like whoa whoa, whoa. like oh my gosh and she's like you're an asshole he's like I'm the asshole you're the asshole <laughs> and I was like whoa that's so intense for a New Zealander to hear on a, like a Sunday bike ride like yeah true I was gonna say is it but then yeah but then and when we were over in um, in in uh, New York mm. there was like a taxi that pulled in front of me on one of these city bike things and I couldn't stop and so I was like slam on the brakes I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna hit this the back of this dude's car luckily I was going slow enough that Just I kind of hit yeah. it but then didn't hurt myself yeah. but I like hopped out hopped off my bike yeah. and just full on like went at him and I was like what the fuck man like <laughs> I'm fucking riding a bike you fucking idiot and then he like hops out and he's just like oh I'm fucking driving this is a fucking taxi you fucking you fucking asshole and I was like holy shit and Miriam's behind me just like Jack you can't say that because what if he's got a gun but then and I was like I don't think he's going to have a gun he's fucking taxi driver sure he might but you know the thing of like I had to kind of wind it wind it back because I was like, I don't know. Can you get sued over this? Like, is this verbal assault? Is, I, I just genuinely you're just in another country, right? And you think, oh fuck, I don't actually know all the laws. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I, I remember know. when I was in America, I walked across like a just the road. Jay walked. You fucking idiot, man. Like to get across Damn. like to the other side of the high street, and I was like, oh fuck, this is like le- illegal here, isn't it? Like in my head, as I was crossing the road. I wish that there was more enforcement of people just fucking walking across the road in New Zealand, man. Is it meant to be, is it pretty much in most countries? Jaywalking, I I think. I don't know. Did you just say that you want more jaywalking enforcement in New Zealand? Yeah, man. Because... Although I do think the police are way too overworked in terms of the areas that they work in, I do want there to be more... I just think road safety is so important. So that's my thing. It's being like, man, you know, you're walking through. Some people in their souped-up cars boost down Ponsonby Road. Some people go the 40 kilometers that it says. And I'm like, oh, man, this is hectic. Someone's going to get hit and hurt. And it hurts when you get hit by a car. You've been hit by a car? I got hit by a taxi when I was in Wellington and I was going for a run. And I was like, Bruce, all up my back and now my hip. Shit. Yeah, man. He pulled into a bus lane. I looked over. I was looking for a bus. It was kind of my fault because I stepped onto the road, but it was also his fault. It shouldn't have been in a bus lane. Hmm. So what happened? You just got ACC and it was all sweet. Or? Yeah, man, just big old bruise on the on the glute. Did, did you get knocked down? I mean, I went up onto his bonnet. Oh. 
<laughs> well, that's better. You don't want to go down. No, I'd rather like have a sore butt than have a grazed wrist, right? Oh, yeah. I think of it more as like if you get flipped up into it, like, even if you get flipped over the car, that's better than going fucking underneath the car. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Terrific. <laughs> have you guys been hit by a car? No. Almost. That's terrifying. Crossing right? the tiniest little like if you're going to pull into like a side road and some ponsomy thing walking <laughs> at night it's terrifying and though, I was right? just like wearing like an all black outfit and this one would just like turn in the corner as I thought that she would I would just be able to cross and I had to do like a I don't know like almost like a lie onto the bottom like almost to try and jump over but not We're not gonna and then it was so weird because then you just like you know you have something like that happen and I just literally just like I didn't even stop to be like, what the fuck? I literally, as I just kept walking off and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And just kept going. Mm. And then after that, you're just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And then you kind of think of all the things that you, all the scenarios you could have done. Where you're like, I'm sure I should have stopped and talked to them. Are we going to keep having cars for much longer though? I mean, not cars, but like roads where non... Uh... Where it's like... Well, isn't the idea that they want to have, if you get hit by a car, it's your fault? And that's the only... There's no human error, right? It's yeah. the idea. I think we're many, many fucking years away from like not having a version of what we have with roads and transport. Yeah. Unless Elon pulls his finger out on that fucking thing where you get in a little tube and get like shot across. Hyperlink, bro. Hyperlink, bro. Hey, what do you think about the... Um, on just like electric cars and stuff, what do you think about the government's... Um, yeah, is it 2030 or 2050? I thought it was 2030. Oh, I didn't read into that. But the, the buying of green, ca- the you know, green or electric vehicles. Thing. Sorry, you, you, you know the it. climate emergency thing or something that they did? No, the only thing I saw was that it was like by <clears throat> 2030 you won't be able to buy newly made like petrol and diesel cars. Worldwide? Definitely in the UK. Who's making those laws worldwide? Fucking New or something? Uh... <laughs> I think in the UK. I think it's in What's California. Have done that for sure. Mm. But they're like, you won't be able to buy any. I prefer what you, we're doing here, like by say, hey, the government's gonna run efficiently because it's for me. My perspective is it's actually who needs to actually be green and be sustainable is actually governments and corporations. Yeah. If we can, if those two are completely green, it actually, it'll filter down to the individuals. Well, because it's the governments and corporations are made up of lots of, lots of individuals, right? Exactly. And like, and right now my belief is that we have too much pressure on the individual to be sustainable. I I would, I like that New Zealand's leading in the sense of like, if we fix the macro, the micro will be easier to fix. So government going green, I prefer that so much more than coming out and being like, you need to buy green and you're all going to do it. And I don't think it should be like just government or just individual, you know, onus as well though, right? Like I think it can be, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think the partnership of that is wicked Mm. of when government goes, yeah, we're addressing a problem, but also, and you know, collectivism comes in and goes, yeah, we recognize there's a problem as well. Ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice if, do you think New Zealanders are actually green? <laughs> the bars are shaking his head down there. No one is, no one gives a fuck, man. It's tough, right? Because we see with COVID that when it matters to people or when they have that first hand experience, they're like, oh shit, now it matters to me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something around that sort of like, um, I don't know if the right word is cognitive dissonance, 
it's like outside our mind, right? Yeah, if we can't see it directly affecting us, then we kind of, uh, whether that whether this is an empathy, empathy versus sympathy thing that New Zealand's developed, I don't know. I, I think it's a human thing. Or... It's really hard to imagine something that like you can't or you can't see in front of you. Mm. Even if someone paints you the most like epic picture, like with us mm. with words or whatever else, mm. it's really hard to like. It's just not the same. Mm. Like even us describing that car crash story, right? People listening might be like, "Fuck, that was really intense." I was like listening to it and imagining it, but it's like it's never going to compare to the real life experience you had. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's really hard to try and get people to say, like. I always remember this with like religious stuff, right? Mm. If you're trying to say to someone to be like, hey, maybe you should be a Christian because otherwise you'll go to hell for eternity. Mm. No one can grasp the concept of eternity. Well, no one can grasp the concept of hell either. Well, I or think we have more imagined. Right? It's easier to imagine that it's like this, this, you know, whatever, to imagine your worst nightmare just on repeat. But like it's for people to think, and it's like when you describe stuff to do with like space and the universe. Mm. it's like it's this big mm. or you watch those YouTubers where it's like this is the size of the earth compared to the sun and then mm. the sun compared to like the biggest planet in the world and the biggest sun etc mm. even with those it's like easier to understand it but it's so hard to comprehend the size of something mm. that big yeah, to bring yeah. it back to what you're saying like I think it's it's not necessarily I don't think it's a New Zealand thing it's more a human thing you reckon it's just really hard for us to fully like get the thing if it's not directly impacting us mm. that might be because of like the way we do society I think plays a lot into that you don't have enough room in here to think about shit and to just, you're not just sitting around all day just having philosophical conversations about mm. whatever shit and you're just allowed to just be like channeling everything in you're like fuck I've got to pay my bills and shit you know mm. do you think in terms of that like going into that empathetic sort of thing of like you know human experience and what we have or haven't experienced do you think there's like a um a responsibility or do you think it can i guess this is my question as an artist and you guys are all artists as well do you think that the artist can truly shift like do you do you, are you are you thinking about like how do i shift a culture or how can i affect change through my my artistic practice or you're like, nah, I'm just making what comes out, or? Uh, I think you definitely can. I think I already, I am doing that, and have seen that happen by having something like Crumb. Mm. Like, so would I you think it's like a, I don't think it's like a measurable change that we've like made New Zealand decide to do this green, you know, thing we're just talking about, like, because we're a slightly, you know, um, sustainable cafe. Mm. But there's, would you say that we've changed people's lives in some ways, so I guess that's change in some capacity. Would you say, and this is slightly different, but would you say that, you know, for you as an artist, mm. you know, you're a, a um, what what would you call yourself as an, like, are you like a fine Well, I think I'd just say an artist, and I always say like, well, I guess I'm a modern artist because I live in the modern era of art, and sure. I don't do like fucking oil paintings of portraits. Would you say like that... Crumb, I always say to people, like, Crumb is an art piece, essentially, without right. saying so wanky that, like, it is. No, well, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, do you, do you see this I as I think a, everything you do when you're an artist, like, 
this won't be like because I'm making a bacon butter yesterday <laughs> and Millie was just like oh you're, you're putting the mail on like so artistically and it just made me like think of the thing like when you're an artist you do everything with the, like the artist's touch but I think you do to some extent like you're always if you're a bit of a creative nut you kind of always have a weird twist on anything you do because that's just who you are so in a way this and is just like uh, your artistic output just an extension of yourself so that comes in many forms so know? this in a way is like your community art piece or yeah, something a, a community art investigation but that makes it sound like it's a thought out thing of like what this is it's more just like that idea of it's an extension of myself yeah because artists have, have habitual decision making right mm. Like you have things you work out that are either to your taste or you, you know they work so you use them. So even if you're doing some, if you're just living your life, you're making lots of small decisions. As an artist, you've worked more of those out, I think, and you, you'd lean on them a bit more, which means the outcomes of everything you do in different areas all start to kind of merge and be creative because you're making creative decisions at every small thing. I think that's kind of what Mars is talking about. Mm, like, yeah, and I see it like, you're, you're, you're acting naturally, but you naturally is is the, what also makes the art. So this, therefore, technically is art. This cafe, as well as a cafe. But yeah, it's not like a thought-out thing of like, <laughs> what does Miles the artist want to do as a community art piece? There's no blueprints in the back. Definitely not, bro. Do you think there's a subconscious blueprint? As in like... Isaac's shaking his, uh, um, nodding his head. Do you mean like the kind of conversation around like, if you're an artist, you just like do it almost it's like a I always I always like the idea of that like whatever your skills and talents are it's like excuse me and I think this is quite like a Marty way to look at it is that you're like that you you personally can connect to like a certain like energy or a thing and that's Mm -hmm. what you like channel when you're making art so you're like you're almost not you are completely in control and like conscious and stuff but almost you're actually not you don't even know like it's so just innate within you Mm. It's all connected, you know. And you asked before something about like if you're an artist and making change and stuff. I think it would be impossible to be an artist and not make change. Because as soon as someone looks at what you created, you've changed their life. Even not not like in it was life changing, but you literally have because they had not witnessed that exact image. Mm. Whether that's the whether that's the first second of a film you make or. A, uh, or it's the first time they see like the first brushstroke on the page before they see the whole image or whatever you've made whatever mm. that final product is or like the first second of a song their life has technically changed because they have now heard something new for the first time mm. so you can't not be uh, uh, a life change <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> yeah uh, how, how can you even qu- how do you quantify intention in filmmaking when there are so many cooks in the kitchen for everything like that how, like how does that work isn't it all kind of by accident? It, it. Um, well, I mean, this is that's a, a, a in a way a question I ask all the time, right? It's yeah. like, is everything deliberate? Like, what's within the mise en scene, which is everything within the frame that you see on the. I've always wondered what that means. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like, um, give me the question again. Well, it's just like. You could go into this film trying to be like making a statement about whatever you want. Yeah. But ultimately in, in the medium of filmmaking, there's so many people who could input an intention. Yes. That how do you quantify whether something even has a single intention? Well, well, this is... I was listening to a panel discussion at this big screen symposium yesterday. Yes, anyway. 
Um, and they were talking about there was this um, it was Cole Myers who's a trans um, queer activist does some awesome work um, this is all New Zealand based yeah cool. um, produced a show called Rudangi um, which is a trans story with an incredible bunch of actors one of them is a good friend shout, shout out, out to Al's shout um, amazing New Zealand actor well done on your performance mate um, so the Cole spoke at the start of the symposium and talked about mirrors and how as artists we are just a bunch of mirrors in a way and then cut to the second day I think it was on the second day somebody um, spoke about how oh no it was the first day is that we can't kind of you know as much as we think ahead we are kind of always in the past because we're reflecting on everything that we've come to know what is true about our life in that moment. So when you say there's so many people and so many cooks making that that meal, that how is the the audience going to perceive it, or how do you know you're going to change something? I don't. Kind of the authenticity of it, like where does that where does the authenticity come from? Yeah, well, I I guess like the thing that I'm kind of working from that I have worked from that Miriam and I hold each other to is that thing of like I'm like we don't we, I don't know the answer. She doesn't know the answer. I can't make my magnum opus because somebody's going to come along and go, Jack, that is so shit, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That is the worst piece of art I've ever seen. And in the moment, I'm going, oh man, this is genius. This is genius because it's so true to my artistic investigation and what I have come to know about life itself within that moment. Um, Everything behind me that I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. It needs to be made right now. But then someone comes up and goes it's shit like I just said so yeah it's like oh man it's a tough question bro well it's 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 a tough question that might not have an answer because it's well it's sparking dialogue the, the the crazy thing is that you have to that's that's all all of that and that's wrapped up in film and then in music it's real fucking it's so much easier in music as a medium but to watch sorry to, to solve that stuff this is what I was going to say I think sometimes as filmmakers we overcomplicate and we get no but we do we really do we go I, it has to be like this and it has to be like this and there's nothing wrong with specificity I'm not talking about specificity I'm talking about um, in a way unspecificity like being, people being unspecific so I worked with a lady I mentioned it earlier this year about the incredible joke oh, sorry earlier today yeah. about working with this amazing um, maker over in LA called Joan Sheckle I spent um, a weekend with her, and Miriam spent a weekend with her. A couple of other New Zealand filmmakers spent some time with her. Um, and she talks about making sure that every single person on your filmmaking team, whether that's a writer or actor or director or costume costumier, um, to a props assistant, to a lighting assistant, to the grip, the best boy, everyone on the team that they all know the story and the script so intricately that no one's confused about what their role is and their purposes and I think so many times um, well that's trying it, to create intention there isn't it? 100% man yeah. like within New Zealand and whether it's because budget or because of want I don't know whether it's budget or want you know this is whether it's independent or non-independent films that because we don't necessarily have um, yeah, the budget all the time to sit down and spend 
six weeks together just on the script alone and go and on page 38 halfway down on line 57 midway through the line after this bit here there's a beat change where the character feels sad this is very paraphrasing and very basic feels sad to the moment they decide to go and pursue the thing they want in life you know, and some people will read the script and have their own version of where they think that changes and how they relate to it. Yeah. But I think the person who's directing or heading the project, chew it. Crunch. There you go. Oh, so crunchy. <laughs> 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 crunchy ass chip. <laughs> but, oh, so good. I think that um, if they're not that specific, I think there's a. If you're really wanting it to be kind of what you were saying before. Well, not necessarily intentional, because I think everyone comes in with their intentions. But if you want it to be as true to your vision as yeah. possible, you've got to make sure you can communicate every single aspect to all your team players. I know I can't do that, mm. but I would love to be able to do that. It's a good aspiration. Yeah. That's not to say that people can't then bring in their own offers, but that everybody is clear. Mm. This is how the script moves. This is how the piece shifts. This is where it's in, you know. Da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. On a wider point to what you've raised, though. Oh God. Any creative output is just as fucked with that <laughs> idea of in- intention, because you're always uh, a vessel using a tool that, like, you're not like you know. This is like my fucking hand isn't a paintbrush like some weird fucking pyro or transformer, right? Like, it has to then be an extension I have to learn and, like, you know, use muscles and train and stuff. So, no matter your intention, like, if I'm, like, going to draw a straight line from here to here on a page, like, it's the one that goes from where it does in reality when I actually do that. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter your intention. And often I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, I'm going to make a painting that looks like this. And then what comes out is obviously vastly different mm. because the weirdest thing that's like come out with my imagination like isn't actually in reality and then what comes out is so like you're you're always fucked with your intention <laughs> do you think that's because a- you're also limited as a musician to whatever musical instrument you can put that idea onto and the talents you have available for that and then what you're gonna you could get someone else to do that for you who's more talented but then you're putting it into someone else's hands on, on to some extent like you can only create the version of the art piece in your head that you can actually do and the only talent you have mm. like and not everyone can do the Sistine Chapel well this is this the thing that you're talking to is a thing of like craft versus spirit right I'm hearing like your want or your intention or the social change or whatever that thing is that you want yeah. to make versus your level of craft, right? And I think our spirit's always going to outweigh our craft because our spirit is like, I can see this amazing thing, but then our craft, can we truly get to that level of that, like, unbarred self-expression? Can we? You are spending a lot of head shaking, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't... I don't really, I'm not, I don't have that worldview of art. Of craft versus spirit? No, I think that for me they're the same in that, in the sense that what we think of as spirit or Mm -hmm. inspiration um, in most people doesn't actually exist. Mm. And 
what we actually have is essentially um, it's 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 all craft. It's all it's all like maths and thing, and that's and the expression you could call the soul of it. But I firmly believe that um, every expression is equally creative, and I think yeah. that anyone can learn the craft. Yes. And so I actually think like what we have is essentially the craft and anyone can do it. And what we're calling soul is just the inherent thing that anyone who learned to do the craft would output. Mm. That's my whole thing. So, and we discourage people from learning the craft because we focus on this uh, inherent expression that everyone has. We call things like genius because this one is better than that, even Mm. though we all logically know it's not. It's all taste. No way to, yeah, it's all taste. Yeah. But we, we will then deify people that have the most taste in common for something mm-hmm. and make people who haven't learned the craft feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do to be that. Mm-hmm. It's, that's my view on it. So I think that you can, like, I, I don't, I think there's very few actual geniuses that could even get close to explaining, to, to being close to what that view of art can be. No, I, I, stuff, yeah. I agree. I agree. Like yeah. what I'm hearing is that, yeah, we, and what you kind of said, you know, is that we think people are geniuses because they've put in time to learn how to use their instrument, whether that's the instrument as a paintbrush or a camera yeah. or a thing. And then people who haven't taken that time because of other priorities or just to not want to, mm. then like, oh, I'm not as good as that because I don't have that talent. But it's like, no, everyone could. Mm. You just haven't put in that time. Which is not a, you know, you shouldn't, can't fucking do everything, you shouldn't do everything. Definitely shouldn't do everything, you should do shit you care about. But is that, so is that almost applying like the idea of like if you do the 10,000 hours thing, like if you do 10,000 hours you'll be as good as, but like... But this is, this, this would be sense, my, yes, my yeah. question though, is saying that, is our, is our, whether it's our learned, or our craft, or our technique, or you know, kind of bunching that together, it's all kind of the same thing versus our want and the translation of that from here in our head or our gut or our heart or our liver or wherever your creative oof comes from onto the page or into the camera or onto the keyboard or is that translation ever going to be as pure as you want it to be is, is kind of my question is, is that yeah I guess there's isn't a, that a better point that's maybe the way to I like but there's no is, infinite to that is something yeah and that's what I'll, I'm that's, oh, yeah. The so people who are called genius are they not? Are they not better translators? They're just the, of their own yeah, thoughts? they're better communicators of their ideas. Um, what all we're saying is that the better, the great artists are. All they are is really good at the um, translation of uh, theoretical and like imaginary ideas to actual physical real ideas. But do you think they're still going? Oh, I wish. Yes. Oh, not coming out as yes. Yes. Well, that's that's my point that All I'm talking to. Right? No one. There is no one who isn't. Yeah, that's true. That's why you've got people who are like still yeah. make music when it's like you've already achieved all the greatest of music, and they're like, that's not what it's about. Or for them, they're like, no, no, there's better shit in here. I just haven't translated that as well as I could have. I've now talked to enough really good musicians, mm. and and every single one of them has been like, up in my like, I make music, but other people are musicians. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, fuck you. That's what I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that when I when when you say that sort of thing, like even the best, whoever we consider the best of the best of whatever um, form they work in, yeah, you know, and you kind of agreeing, and you kind of agreeing that, oh yeah, we think that these people, even though we perceive them as pretty much the top, and we're like, man, how could they get better? They're going. I wish I was 
better technically mm. that's me kind of speaking to that is your spirit always going to slightly whether it's a huge jump or the tiniest jump going to be slightly above well there's no above because it's all taste that's the unfortunate thing with that argument is that I agree but that's just based on your tastes because if judged on that then like fucking um, Astarangu and all these people mm. I like have no soul whatsoever because no one likes them but Ed, Ed Sheeran has found the great inspiration of art because it's just taste a lot of people have that taste but not everyone has that taste there is no mm. they, yeah, yeah, it's, right. it's completely equal so there is unfortunately there's, I agree but I mean, there's no better or above so as soon as you're doing it I'm sorry I don't mean like better in terms of Miles versus Jack or or Isaac versus Miles or right. Isaac versus Jack I mean personally better like but that's just more that's well, changing that's, taste though isn't it if you're doing the thing. oh you do mean that like um, no matter how successful you are at whatever your craft is you'll always strive to do more as a person yeah which oh. is but that's just like if you're yeah if you're that creative that you actually like listen to your creative voice and pursue that mm. you're always gonna your creative voice is always gonna be going do more like, even if you burn out you're gonna then rest and then you have more to go again you know and it's, you can ever fully use up all your creative juice as it were throughout mm. your life have you ever finished a project Miles and been like I'm that is exactly what I wanted to do and I'm completely 100% happy with that probably not what about you Jack the fact that I have to think about it means I'm not like yes there's been times where I'm like pretty good yeah, I'm like, oh, I would change that. Not because I think it's the best piece of art, but because it was what I wanted it to be. Um, not that I was I th- aiming for it to be... I think that's a, a better or an important goal if you're creative is actually to strive towards um, your own level of satisfaction with your work over almost anything else. Commercialization. Like, more, more just like what you're saying, have you ever been happy with a project 100%? <laughs> Try and get no. Try and try and try and try and be as try and you should strive to as a creative person to reach ninety nine percent as much as you can because that's that's at the end of the day like personally anyway that's gonna give you the most satisfaction and I think if you have some like a creative gift or whatever you want to call it whenever you're not doing that kind and not gift. like doing as much as you can with that you're always going to be dissatisfied with life it, it, you know <laughs> you're just always putting it off basically so you should definitely pursue that but then when you do the more you do your creative thing like the harder it is to have satisfaction from it for yourself to be like like you're never going to reach perfection right and be 100% happy with exactly every single piece of thing in that project so to strive to get as close to 99% as you can. Have a peak. Yeah. What are your thoughts on... I, I have this kind of like thoughts quite a bit around people who are just graduating from university and just graduating from um, any kind of creative course um, around... Can you pause it? Yeah. I need to wait. Oh. And you're going to ask a good question, so... <laughs> Eat um, some chips, Jack. Can I have another boot? Um, I bought sweet chili crisps for this. We try and feed and drink most of our um, guests. 
and so um jack uh is having a hot butcher and he wanted some chips and i got some sweet chili chips how are they going i thought that might be controversial but i did it anyway is it all right if i speak in asmr voice now please do it please do um i think they're really nice um they're not as glazed as i thought they would be but that's okay (laughs) um i have to say that doing asmr is much more therapeutic for me than listening to it because it makes me feel sweaty (laughs) (laughs) it actually does though um you and we also got nobby's nuts but fuck you guys you don't know nobby's nuts Nice. And the official craft beer Lagunitas IPA Best tasting worst branded beer in Auckland Lagunitas IPA <laughs> Please Actually if anyone knows anyone who works at Lagunitas Or Lagunitas is listening Please All we do is drink your beer If you would like to sponsor us please We would love that We love your beer Was it actually really good? It's amazing But you don't, well, you don't want to hear that Why not? I don't know. I mean, I appreciate beer. I just don't. Uh, well, I appreciate yeah, beer and wine, but I just don't drink it. Yeah, uh, I've been thinking about that recently. I've been not thinking about like, drinking. No, not not. I'm gonna stop, but more like, I know I won't forever. So mm. when will I've, I've been wondering like, when do I think I might stop drinking? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Because it's it is a young person's drug. Alcohol. Hmm. And it's a mid-person's drug, maybe, but it really has—it has such high consequences um, for the for the rest of the day. I mean, you got to actually live a life. You know what I mean? Like the hangovers don't make it worthwhile. Have you ever asked that yourself that question? Like, when at uh, when will I? When do I think I might stop drinking? Nah. Yeah. I've only been thinking about it the last like two months. There's no time. You're just soon. like, oh, I don't want to. Oh, you're thinking just like, oh, that never's gonna cross my mind. Yeah. Like, oh, I know I probably won't drink until I die. Actually, no. I had a thought about it the other day. Um, one of my good friends, Ben Brasher, shout out Ben Brasher. Um, Shirts. His dad stopped drinking like, basically when he was born, like either or whatever. Not like, and I think it was as cinematic as like the moment he was born you know <laughs> <laughs> which is my go-to in my mind yeah, he had a beer in his hand literally yeah, yeah, he cuts down bit of a corner he's like never again <laughs> <laughs> throws a whiskey bottle at the window you know? um i was thinking about how he did that and maybe i'd had i don't know if i'd been out recently i was just thinking about a time i'd been out and then being with akira and i was just like well maybe that's like it just removes a whole issue from your life that you're like you're normally. This is a pretty good scenario to be to having a beer with, you know. You're just hanging out, talking with your mates and stuff. But like, the whole idea of going out and partying a bit, etc. Definitely 
there's another factor to play on your mind like once you have a child mm. you're just like what am I doing like I have a fucking baby at home like, why am I in a fucking bar right now drinking alcohol yeah, right. talking to other people is this so are you talking about tolerance of, of not actually fun situations as uh, low you're that, like this also isn't it that makes fun. you just then be like I just want to go home and see him and then thirdly it just makes you like the voice in head's like you fucking loser like, what are you doing bro like <laughs> Why are you here? And what are you doing? Like, just go home. Like, uh, fucking what? You know? Jack, I bet you. I, I don't know how what's going to happen, but do you remember the question you were going to ask before Miles left? Yes. Okay, sick. Um, it was, can I have another hot butcher because I'm thirsty? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, a hot butcher or a hot butcher? Hot beach. Shout out New Leaf. Shout out New Leaf. I remember I was one of the... Um, Legend. When he walked into Crumb in an afternoon... And said, "Do you guys want to try some habbucha?" <laughs> Sorry, I, it, it's not an E on, an E and an R on the inside. So habbucha. I was like, "Yeah, I'm keen to do that." That shit's copyrighted in New Zealand, by the way. Yeah, trademarked. Habbucha. Yeah, trademarked. Um, so Copyright, so, trademarked, same thing. Different. Don't know. Different terms are probably different, but similar things. As in, like, my brain stopped working, bro. I don't know. Um. No, but the okay. The question that I was going to ask. Is that what you wanted to know? I'd love to know. It's been a cliffhanger. Well, I've got two questions, really. One was that when Miles was just like, oh, something, 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 Kira, I just want to go and hang out with him. One question that I want you to touch on later, which I'm going to ask now because we can bookmark it, is how has having a kid changed the way you approach your art? And I want to know about like how love for being as part of you and part of another person, how that's um, shifted you as a human being. Yeah. I'd love to know that. Um, and I would, the question that I was going to ask before the little break was for people who are leaving university uh, from a creative course, with, uh, it might not just have to be creative, but from a course, um, what are the thoughts, what are your thoughts, um, pros and cons of taking that next year to invest in yourself and not necessarily have heaps of money versus chasing the dollar to try and get ahead? So that then First you can. First of all, why the fuck did you go to university? <laughs> you fucking idiot. Now you have loads of debt, so you're fucked already. Mm-hmm. You should have just pursued your creative thing as soon as you fucking left school. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion. But you've already done it. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> you're a disappointment to everyone and you fucked up. You've been wasting your talents. Fine. We can move on from that. What do you mean by uh, investing in themselves? Well, invest, you know, you mean pursuing what they're trying to do and maybe just doing some things for a year or being straight into the like, let's get a job and like get going. Yeah, and well, investing. Even in, if that's a job in the I industry. think you see creative stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, creative stuff and self creative stuff rather than maybe like, oh, I found a job working on a film set. Mm, um, less that because it's in the field, but like, say you. Um, uh, what is an example? Say I am, um, I graduate drama school or film school, and then I decide to go and uh, work at uh, Video Easy for that year, and I, that's mainly what I do. And I, in a way, am tired from my shifts there, mm. or my boss doesn't understand what I want to do. What? What do you think um, of the kind of well, opportunity costs of that? After talking to Paloma last 
the last podcast. Shout out Polly Hill, go stream mentors. Go stream that shit. Um, she was super burnt out and was just like, fuck ever making films again after doing film school. Mm. So you might be in that position. So potentially doing work that has got nothing to do with your creative output and stuff could be what you need. You mm. need a bit of recovery. You've been fucking rinsing that creative mm-hmm. juice for so long on tap for so long. If you go straight into, yeah, then you're, then if you go for the job and I'm still going to try and do my creative stuff. I think that's where you actually need the most resilience with your creativeness um, when you're doing something else. Even if it's equal to what mm. you're doing creatively or you're doing more of something else, like working a 40-hour-a-week job at Video Easy and then trying to fit in all the other shit you actually want to do. Mm. I think that's when you have to actually have some of your most like um, inspiration and like just fucking, you got to, you know, a rocket up your ass and you're just going to do shit. Where you're just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be, I'm never going to sleep. And I'm going to create this thing. Because it really drains you the most, I think. Like you're saying, are you tired after your shifts and that? Like, you're already in such a bad place to try and create. If you haven't got a rocket up your ass, it's, it's not, don't waste the tiny bit of creativeness that you might just have lying about. Mm. Because you're so fucking tired already. It's not going to be that great. And it actually requires more motivation than it ever does when you're doing something else like when you have the free time if you're just like I'm going to go on the doll and be an artist you could do that right that could be the I'm going to look after myself for the next year mm-hmm. do more creative stuff that's one way to do it in some capacity right just live at home be on job seekers and just try and make movies with whatever I can etc like I don't know you're going to need less of that creative push because you have so much free time you can allow yourself the freedom to be like, I'm not motivated and I'm not in a creative artistic mood for, you know, two months. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you are for like a day and then you are for like a week and then you're not for a bit and then etc. Like, that gives you more freedom to just be chill like that. So I don't know really what I'm trying to say, but... <laughs> Do you now think... Now what I'm trying to say is, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a better or not... Um, I think the most important thing actually was going to say was you have to try and like listen to yourself and know like the older I've got like since like being like you know not even the last like three four years like the way my brain just works now because it's developed more hopefully anyway that's what it's meant to do right until you're like 28 29 then you just start dying again so this is peak me right now okay take it in guys this is the peak of my life um um what was I saying well, no, what I'm here... Uh, Sorry, is that, like... Like, don't fret too much if you're fucking, like, 22 and you just came out of uni and you're, like, trying to think about stuff because, like, you don't even know yourself, man. You don't know your creative skills. You don't know what things... Like, I fucking just did a cafe and now we're here. I had <laughs> never done that when I was 19. Mm. So, like, I wouldn't... Even if I had an idea of, like, what cool community art project could I do? Like, I hadn't done this, so now I have done this. So I'm at a different place. Like, you have to live stuff to be somewhere, and I think you just need to be okay, and I don't know how to describe it, but like, listen to yourself. That's like, if you need three years to never make films, and then you do, and like, when you're 40, that's fine. Well, it sounds like you're... You have to be able to be okay with whatever mm. you need to do for yourself at any time. You have to just do that. But this sounds like you're you're saying lean into your intention, right? Or be intentional about it. 
like if you need to have yeah, that I break, even if you're not have that break. Like, don't, it's, you should definitely go and live and go through the world with like, I have these intentions of doing these things. This doesn't have right. to be like goals or achievements, but it's no. like what what do you like and what do you want to do as a person while you're still here on this mm. earth for the very short time you are. Mm. Do all your shit with that intention. <coughs> Bless you. Do you think that? So this is me just asking you guys questions <laughs> on this podcast. Um, Secondary question. Well, we've got the other one bookmarked. Yep. Um, do you think that there is too much from from both having arted overseas? Um, yes. Do you feel like there's more or less pressure on artists in New Zealand versus artists overseas, or do you think it's a universal thing? Uh, what do you mean by pressure? Um, pressure to um, be the artist, like you know, and and not your version of artist or the thing that you're chasing, but the commercially viable artist of like. As in, we need your creative talents for this, to for things. No, as in, like for example, as an actor or a performer, the being the artist in New Zealand, in in terms of when you're not necessarily in the industry, is, oh hi Jack, um, have you been on Shortland Street yet? And when you get on Shortland Street, you're seen as that successful artist. So there's, in a way, I feel less pressure now. Oh, like, do you have to jump through more hoops almost, in a way? Well, is there, is there a certain thing that you feel like you have to prove in New Zealand versus overseas? Um, I haven't been here long enough to know, really. I don't know the ins and outs of how shit works here, to be honest. And, like the reason I've sold art here is because I like worked at the gallery and then sold it and then I did find other ones but it's just a very like commercial way of being like here's an art piece in a shop where it just sells stuff so you sell it so it's not like going through the process of being a person that's like I'm gonna do a thing like I'm gonna do a show at Auckland Art Gallery mm. where you're more like to be invited than you are not which would be the same like it would be like people who want to be artists and I've never really wanted to do this it's starting to like be into my practice a little bit more like I never was like I want to one day have like this huge exhibition in the Tate Modern and become you know on to like to reach this you know echelon that people who are all the greats have done this etc or be in some fucking you know of these amazing galleries that you see only like fucking Picasso and Van Gogh and stuff in and somehow have a piece in there or do a show there that's never like appealed to me that much and there's a whole process which is that thing of like, oh, they did the so-and-so show. So now they're on the radar of the certain people who then put them in this gallery, which then can boost them to here, to here, to here, which is like how the film and acting industry works. It's like, oh, you've been on Shortland Street, have you? Okay, mm. great. Now now you're viable and on mm. the map within the realms that this these, you know, people look through, mm. the tears. It's like now... It's like me just being like, I'm going to play football at the park and I'm actually the best football in the world, but I never know. Mm. Rather than being like, oh, I'll go through the process of being selected at, you know, like this level at district football was in the UK. And then you go and play for like the national thing. And then you might get like, oh, actually I'm part of the Chelsea team, but I'm like 15. And mm. you work your way through that. And then you go through the academies and stuff. And then eventually it's like, oh, I play in like division one. And then someone scouts you again. And then eventually you end up being like, I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. I've never been in the world in my industry at all I've never even been interested in the idea of like can I get to the Premier League or not mm. 
so it doesn't I don't really know the processes mm-hmm. so I wouldn't really be able to answer the question too much of like is there more pressure or is there more of a thing for New Zealand than not and not being from here as well I haven't had like 28 years of New Zealand experience but I would say from like uh, being a person in those two different cities mm-hmm. if it's just London Auckland London is like a fucking huge metropolis of just whatever I think like a really funny but good way to describe some of that is my mate was like you know, if you're straight and you're looking for a girl, if you can't find one in London, like, you're not going to find someone, bro. <laughs> like, there's everything here. There's every mix of everything and different culture. And, you know, like, if you can't find love here, like, probably not going to find it anywhere else, mate. Mm. Here's the thing. Miles is English. Yes. And he has a lot of intergenerational trauma from being an Englishman <laughs> and piled on him from being English, right? And by extension, quite a lot of us in New Zealand also share a lot of the same trauma because mm-hmm. of our colonial past. I'm pretty certain that tall poppy syndrome is actually an exclusively New Zealand thing and isn't something that Miles would have ever no, experienced. Not. And so I think your question is actually answered by this, which is that New Zealanders don't like art, bro. New Zealanders like fame. And I'm not just meaning that in terms of who becomes our big people, but the people who control our institutions, like people that other people they know have heard of. They, they, we have no quality gatekeepers. Mm. No one at any level goes, my taste is this, and I'm going to promote this thing I like. At every level, societally in New Zealand, we decide things based on how many people know this thing, fame over quality. Mm. Tall poppy syndrome is what happens when something becomes successful that isn't famous, but because of its quality, whether it's caught on, that quality being whether, like 660 is caught on with a mass populace, right? But uh, it doesn't have the fame outside of New Zealand, so they suffer from tall poppy syndrome, and we say, fuck them. Well, they, we, I mean like the media and the people who control the tall poppy. That's what tall poppy syndrome is. And it's because we have this weird thing, which Miles, Miles wants to know how our system works. That's how it works. Get as many people around you talking about, or at least knowing your name, and you'll rise. It has, you could produce fucking anything you want. Because no one's going to be looking out for the shit you produce in New Zealand. They're going to be looking out for other people think it's good. That's why you should go overseas, become famous, and come back to New Zealand, and then you'll be successful doing the same stuff. How do you feel about that? Is that too intense? I don't know. No, I, I, I dig it. Um, and I speak to that. That fits not only what I think you're talking about with film and industry, mm. but I can tell you that that's exactly how the music industry works mm. as well. So I feel like that's how it works in New Zealand for all art industries, potentially. Yeah, I mean... I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah I think everyone who comes to crime who's creative, which is like most people all have something, they're like, I'm just riled up about this thing. Yeah. <laughs> But trying to figure out. Yes, I I think so. Do you think that uh, you know, for example, in in New Zealand film and television world, um, <clears throat> there are people who are known, who get spoken of a lot. However, don't receive um, funding because of that but it's because there's a government mandate to um, do a certain type of work 
No, I think it's all our mandates, and I'm sure like even like galleries and people who want to throw shows, they're all based on um, the same criteria, which is have I heard of these people? Because I don't think anyone's judging by quality. You can attach other things to it, but they're still going to pick the most heard about person in that category they've slimmed down. They're not going to be looking for the quality. They're going to be looking for the most popular. I, I, I really feel like we're obsessed at every level, and I feel like Miles, from as an outsider, probably sees a lot of that as well. Yeah, well, yeah I think when you think about it, it's that way. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I don't care if it's offensive or not, but it's like, why does anyone like 660? Like, oh, Chris, you know, Chris, I love Chris, I don't like yeah, Chris. But he's 660. fucking legend. But he fucking knows what, what Two he's different doing. Things. And, but they're aware that, that they're, they're not like, we, if we can make any music ever, that's what we would make. But as a taint, we're back to taste in art. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we don't like it, but they sold Western Springs 50,000. That's what I'm saying. And they don't yeah. give a fuck because they're like, we want to. And I think they do actually, after talking to Chris, they, they know they have a position like within this country and the industry maybe in, in a bigger scale that they're like, we can, like. <clears throat> If you want to say that they, because they're just like, we'll do whatever it takes to sell out a stadium. You can say they are sellouts in the truest sense of that word, right? <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing that if you're like, if you're Justin Bieber and you say something, Love that. right? Yeah. It has a lot more weight than if you're fucking at a Harco concert. Yeah. One, because yeah. you don't even have any concerts. But like... <laughs> 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 or a, or even a even a six sixty concert yeah. or a fucking whoever you want to call it back like you can I think there's people who are doing this and I think it's actually a really good example Lady Gaga did this mm-hmm. where she was like I'm the super talented musician I want to like support all these communities that don't get support I'm gonna I, what I know is after getting to a certain level of famousness or whatever through maybe making something with a lot of integrity, was like, I need Akon to be on a track and I need to do Just Dance because like there's a there's a ceiling I can't break through or there's a limit to whatever. And I think there's lots of people who do it, especially with musicians who are like, like Crazy Chick who was in here today was being like, oh, Youngblood's put these two real radio tracks on his album. And it's like- Oh, was she talking about Youngblood? Sick. And I think also it's quite funny because he's on the Bring Me Horizon album, which is another example of it. it's like, just because someone does something more to be maybe more mainstream or more heard, right? Being the most heard in New Zealand, to follow your point, means you're going to be the most successful, right? Or you're the most known. So why would you not strive towards that to then get to a point where you're like, oh, everyone cares and listens to what I say now. Great. This is what I actually think about all this shit. And these are the issues I want to plug and stuff. And you've seen that with a lot of people. Like, I feel like Russell Brand ended up doing it by accident. Mm. Yeah, right. You know, and I think, uh, I'm trying to think of examples, like maybe Miley Cyrus is trying to go somewhere with that, with her kind of celebrity life, that she's like, I want to actually deal with these things and that things. And I think Lady Gaga is a good example that she's like, I'm going to get here and then I can do more Lady Gaga stuff, like albums of music I actually want to make after maybe becoming like this huge star. Mm. And then I can be like, hey, I have all these groups that I really want to support and like do all this stuff, you know? You have to just play the game. Do you... Do you think that the like uh, these are these are some points that like, Jack, just like, Jack should have his own podcast by the way the, the, this is the intro to Jack's new podcast <laughs> which will be debuting early next year so if you liked this episode <laughs> um, no, we'll but, put a link on the crumb page because there'll be one yeah. he, he, talking point on the 
throw it onto the dartboard that is um, this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, so much metaphor, such an analogy. In terms of okay, so hashtag celebrity fascination and celebrity culture, mm. and then verse um, public public's ability to consume different types of media do you think that there's a lack of understanding of how to consume um, or how to interpret um, types of art everything people don't know how to fucking how many times have you had to like you were into a genre of music and you have to explain to your best bro who's like fucking you think is maybe on the same level as you and all things you think about Mm. oh this is why you should like this Mm. Or this is why this isn't just that hip-hop sounds the same or death metal and screaming music all sounds the same because of X or all electronic music that's slightly got a house beat to it isn't just the same loop on for five to fucking seven minutes. It's actually really fucking cool. Like, that's your best bro. Let alone mm. fucking old mate Jeff who lives in the other side of the world who has a complete worldview and doesn't understand any of the shit you're into. He doesn't know... He Like I was saying, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. People don't know how to interpret stuff that they don't understand. So do you think this links back to when we were saying before people are obsessed with fame and not quality? Because we don't teach them anything but about But is, is this, now that I'm hearing this, is this is this a worldwide thing? Sure, it's heightened in New Zealand, but is you it have a the, worldwide thing? You have like thing? the addition to it of the tall poppy thing. Yeah. Which I think... I think it's the judgment this, where they don't understand it, it's not there, so it's bad. Because they have fame. Well, I think it's a, it. it's a very ob- easy thing to do is like, you hate what you don't understand. And I think that's a cool philosophy to try and preach to people is like, don't hate what you don't understand. Mm. You know? I, I don't have an answer to your question. I don't know. In England, I think, I think it I wasn't the same, but the, you made the point you made, there were, there were definitely people in England who were like that. You're gonna get still, you're still gonna get the most success in terms of like monetary capitalism, societal success, and that pure form of like that you know because you can all have your own personal def- definition of success, but like <laughs> success in the dictionary, right? Made hundies off his thing, right? You know, like that's globally the same. That's why Ed Sheeran has the most Spotify plays on whatever because like the most people like him globally. And by the way, that's why before COVID we were getting. Almost every single top billboard artist was coming to New Zealand to play. It's because we fucking streamed the fuck out of the most famous musicians in the world. It's almost, New Zealanders almost exclusively by population only listen to the top billboard artists because they're the most famous. It's not about a quality thing. How does that affect you guys as artists? I know for me that fucking kills me, man. Yeah, but you're divorced from... You don't have live performances. You can't... How do you build a fan base that isn't controlled by the corporate system? That's the... Your medium's got... Uh, but, a, but a, this is... Unique problems. But this is also... Like, this is where I'm... You know... There is, in a way, a free market, depending on your level of privilege or, or cash flow, depending on how you can fund and, and gear acquisition. But that's a question for him, right? Like, how... Is there really... Could you actually make anything competitive without, um, w- without Mark, like... But, but again... Do you know what I mean? Without in terms of the... In your to, medium? To investigate it... Sorry, just before I answer that. Sorry. Have That's the rare few. But... But, yeah. But is it, is it about chasing that success thing of, like, the monetary value and the fame? Or is it really kind of... Actually, this is what I think I want to try and work out right now. 
Uh, I think it changes because you're saying like, does it crush you to know that like people, more people will be into the most famous cafe than the than Crown? But nah, because you don't want that. Maybe mm. that's a self belief. It's like I'd rather have ten people coming here every day. And there's actually great examples of this, like the that what I don't know what it was. And this is before COVID. For the last five years, it's been like twenty pubs close in the UK every week. Was some crazy figure, which shows you how many pubs there are in the UK. In Norwich alone, there used to be more pubs than there were days in the year. (laughs) And that's just one fucking city, bro. So that's like, there's probably like 400 pubs there back in the day. But the ones that stay open, not always, but a lot of them, are the ones where they have 10 regulars who are all fucking alcoholics who come every day. Mm. Even if they have two, three, four beers each, that's it. Mm. That's all you need. To literally tick over and pay your bills, you need that. And that's like a weird example, but it's, I was, maybe that's from seeing that mm. in real life, it's made me have like a weird philosophy of like, if you have like 20 dedicated hard out fans, and I think this applies to music as well, maybe more than 20, but you know, who come all the time, every day, and are so invested in what you do, they'll, they'll be like, oh, if you want to listen to the Crumb podcast, you have to pay $10 an episode. They'll pay it. They yeah, don't care. that's true. You want to buy a t-shirt? Cool. We've got badges. We've got this. We've got that. They just die hards. Mm. That always is going to make you at least stick around for longer mm. than it is the, the, that crazy fluctuation of like, am I the Ed Sheeran this week? You know, and you see that in the music industry so much, but you also see people trying to emulate that in all things of life. Of like, what can I make the new meme? What's the new viral thing? What's the, I need to be the cool place for as long as possible. And then you have to just ebb and flow with the changing of the times, but like mm. day by day, week by week, you know, which is insane to keep up with. So it doesn't really do anything for me than just be like, well, I think it's better to have like less people who care a lot than it is to have more people who don't give a shit yeah and <laughs> you can build huge fan bases that start out at that and then becomes this huge cult following which is the ultimate win thousand fans a thousand fans give them a hundred dollars worth of stuff to spend on a year and you've got a hundred thousand mm. dollars that's all you need people people we've been like disconnected by the internet and we think globally which is great in many aspects but we think of our like oh I think of everything in the context of global including people who are into the shit I'm into as opposed to like if you really center yourself and ground yourself and think local and really think about it all you need is a thousand people but not only in your area but worldwide and you can have exactly what you do don't you know now let's go into it yeah like as a musician if you have a hundred grand a year coming in from merch sales that's you that's more than you need look you don't need John fuck that and you get a thousand people just a hundred dollars a year a hundred dollars a year what even that's fuck all there's two t-shirts an album and an EP motherfucker can we just pause because I need to pee as well hey um like and subscribe (laughs) (laughs) We don't have anything for you to like and subscribe to. <laughs> How's that, Jack? <laughs> One day we'll have a Patreon or something. Only fans. Hey, Only if, fans. You want, if, hey you wanna... if you want Crumb to do like a semi-nude calendar, <laughs> I need I need 20 individual DMs to Crumb's Instagram saying, please do a semi-nude calendar. And for 2021. Like I said, I'm leaving all these parts in. So if anyone is still listening, 
Please, he will do if it. If you've reached this far into the rabbit hole. I'm in. Are you in? Miles will be in. You'll do yeah. it if I do it. We'll call up Matt Trav. Honestly, he's, he was keen. Jake Bears will take the photos for the calendar. Easy. Matt, Matt was keen to do an OnlyFans with me. Um, so. <laughs> and if I get 50 personal DMs to, to Miles HRE's Instagram, I'll start on OnlyFans. You heard it here first, ladies Stop and gentlemen. Miles Hearty. Mm. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Oh, uh, okay. You just sat down and had to Chris Bland in you. Back in. Um. Go! Man, I want to play PlayStation 2. <laughs> like now? SSX3, bro. What a game. Did you like Tricky? Yeah. <clears throat> More crazy levels. SSX3 is a vibe because it's free run. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. Free run's That's always a vibe. But sometimes it's good to just have level options. Uh, 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Ten minutes. So what if you're about to ask? Has you have to believe Miles is able to answer within ten minutes, including plugs for yourself. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh fuck, dude, that's so tough. Yeah, you got ten minutes. What was the question that I said earlier? Not the love one, the one that I just said just before we had uh, pause. Audio. Oh, that's right. Okay. So this is to both of you. <laughs> I, I want to ask both of you um, on record on record um, do you target when you're making art do you have an audience in mind no you don't I have a in terms of to do with fame versus uh, talent or no. whatever talent is do you have no. You don't make this tie. This will tie into your other question, and I'll tell people what your other question was. The only thing close to having like a target audience in mind is when having work already in galleries, and then they say, "Can you make similar work to this?" You are essentially creating art to sell rather than a pure expression, Mm. which isn't the same as where in something where you're acquiring funding or you're making a film. It's like very. We've discussed this, you know, earlier that it's like you're, you have to know who you're selling to first, which is very strange. It's like a, it's like an ad campaign always, mm. even if you're doing a feature film. Um, whereas I don't do that. I sometimes have like a, a dream customer in mind, mm-hmm. which could be someone I know or like someone who's like a slight mentor or idol or like, you know, hero, you know? Like I might start making a piece and I'm like, it'd be so fucking cool if Joe from Idol somehow sees this and wants to buy it. Like, and you might put more themes into it that are referenced to that or you make like an art piece that, because I have quite a lot of like words and phrases that I often, it's like listening to a podcast or mm-hmm. an album or something that you might just, I might just pick one out from the song I'm listening to and put it into the piece and I might have lots of them or there might be a whole piece based around that one sentence or something that you hear while mm-hmm. you're creating. So I have that, but I also don't care if anyone buys the art because I'm like, you like it, that's cool. And I find that a really interesting process to see who you actually, your fans are. Mm. Because you never know and you have these ideas of who you think they're going to be. Like we do with everything as people. We have these ideas of what we think something's going to be and then you get the people you get in. You get that with crime as well. People I'm like, oh, this person will never come in as a customer and then they do and they have a great time and I always love those ones which is normally someone who's like over the age of 50 and orders like an extra hot trim flat white 
you know? And I'm like, oh, God, they're just going to have some issue. And then they don't. You know, you're pre-aligning pre, pre of like aligning a narrative to someone or a scenario that you don't want to happen. And then when it starts, like, feeling like it does, you're just like, oh, fuck, here we go. Which is basically just what, like, social anxiety mm. is, right? You're just thinking, this thing's going to happen, and that's the worst case. And then it starts feeling like it is, and your brain's like, hello, it's happening, yes. What about you, is it? Um, audience. Oh, let's no, start speaking because what did I say? I was going to lean it back to what you were going to work. My first me. question was it about love? Yes. So we're creating different art after having a child and then like yes. having a different relationship with love in some mm. way. But what did I say at the start of that last answer? Oh god. <laughs> That's okay. I had a good well, time. You, you go and then I'll try to remember what I was saying. I would say that I would never use the word intention. I would use the word focus. Okay. And I would never, with my art, I never focus on audience. When I'm making art, I'm focused on what I think is good or what I like and how to make it better in my eyes. Everything outside of the art, I focus on, you could say it's audience, but I, I focus on what I like that isn't being served to me. And I make that. So that's what I've been doing for the last year. So it's technically like audience I'm focused. I'm inspired by these five arts, but there's a gap, and I want to make that. It's more like no one's talking to cool bands, and no one has any taste in New Zealand. So, so I'll just do that. Where I do that. I'll just do that because I want that, and then hopefully someone else will do that, and then I don't have to do that, and I can just enjoy what they're doing. Mm. You'll find so that, that, that happen, is but yes. that you could call that audience intentions or focus, but that is everything outside of the literal waveforms I make in my music. Sure which the only um, focus for that is yeah. like, do I like that? Am I cr- is that cringy? Can I play it to someone else and not be embarrassed about a certain part of it? Then it's done. Yeah. Mm. I would say as a side point to that, you'll find that you'll never find that thing that you're like, oh, then someone else will start doing. You'll yeah. just be the leader in that I'm field. Not, I'm not ready to be reminded of that thing, but thank you, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then you realize like, oh no, like everyone else now is there's other people who are you in your head that thought process yeah you are the person for them yeah, that's same. all that happens great and stuff you have and try, that's what I'm saying you have to become, <laughs> that's why you have to become comfortable with your project to 95% yeah yeah of course because that's all you have <laughs> yeah because yeah, you yeah. become the leader you're fucked you're like trying to start the revolution with the ideas but not wanting to be the leader of the revolution which doesn't work you become the leader yeah, whether, you, fucked, whether you like it? it or not just watch all of the fucking walking dead Boom full circle zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Does that answer any anything you As ask a final me some thing, time you were to ask me about um, having a baby in art. Yep. Um, the reason I made all the art pieces I have now is because uh, intentionally in my head I was like I'm not going to have as much time to do the stuff I already do. Mm-hmm. And the, you just are more like oh, I'd be cool if he liked this mm. or if this was like baby kids art. Mm. And I've had that I want to do like kids clothing for a while and shit and like stuff just being naive but with talent mm. is something I think is really cool four minutes <laughs> um, Look, we're gonna get when you have a child stuff. you can physically in real life see actual childlike behaviour and naivety essentially because you don't fucking know shit you know yeah right these will know that some person could be like come hang out with me and then run away with them or anything or <laughs> I like anyone can let's just punch him in the face like that can just happen 
That's kind of like you, bro, you worry about every little happening to you every yeah, day. If you're driving in a car, you literally have the choice to just crash into the person who's driving head on to you if you want. Yeah. And no one does. It's this weird like, societal contract that we don't even really ever think about. Because we probably wouldn't die. You just, you just yeah. see a lot of shit once you have a kid. Mm. That's why people would say, like, they teach us more than we teach them how to, like, do the basic things of, like, here's how to walk and talk and stuff. Which is also just a whole other podcast, how cook that is, because it's like, here's all the fucked up shit I know, have it, and you don't have a fucking choice, do you? You're just not going to take all of it in, so that's why you become your own person. Hey, I'm it say- inspires you more to just make other somehow is, <laughs> is what inspiration you get from your child. Yeah. And, yeah... I think that's the easiest way to describe it. I was gonna say, and you know you've got fuck all time to make art, <laughs> so fucking do some weird bold shit that looks that. Right so time. thanks. That was the at Jack uh, at J Boy Bears podcast interviewing <laughs> Miles. No, um, I, know, I was gonna say you have like four minutes to interview me now. Any questions that you want to ask me? <laughs> I'm joking. That's a joke. So that's really dickhead. No, I did. Do I did have. A, what's your five minute pitch? to someone of your fucking the idea you want to do but I don't have an idea that I want to do I have a thing that I want to shift and I have a thing that I want to talk about okay you've got five minutes no actually if you want to talk about that we can give you more time well it's no, it's very brief just, just say um, all of my work that I do is based around mental health so it's me trying to come to terms there's two facets of my work one is the bizarre shit that happens in life that I can't make sense of the other is the other bizarre shit that happens in life that I can't make sense of but is linked into friends with mental health issues particularly focusing on the 18 to 35 year old male and the sometimes majority um, inability to communicate what they need and how urgently they need that sort of stuff so that's where my work is based on so my pitch is less of a pitch more of if someone comes in and says hey Jack I want you to make this funny thing and it's going to be focused on this and it isn't aligned with that and it doesn't align with my values no way so that is my work there what's your price my price price to not do that my price to not do what that value. how much does it cost you to make an insurance album is what he's asking how like is there any price that can make you if, if a producer came to you unaligned with is your there values a, is there an is, that is unaligned with your values is, is there an is there a project or an amount of money that that project would cost that you would be like I'll do it and I'll recover my morals afterwards. Yes. Sick. <laughs> and it's too much to probably say on here without sounding like an absolute wanker. What's well, the film oh. industry? We know there are big numbers involved. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Is it a Billy? Uh, not a Billy. <laughs> not a Billy. Shout out Lord of the Rings and Netflix. <laughs> Amazon, bro. You gotta get Amazon, yeah. Sorry, is it Amazon? It's Amazon. not on Netflix. Amazon Prime. Oh, god damn it. It's a Bezos come child, my friend. Fucking Bezos. <laughs> we're going to have to get Amazon Prime to watch that shit hey I mean awesome that that international companies coming overseas and going we're going to keep using New Zealand yeah whether or not that's because Isn't of John Key's tax cuts but keep using New Zealand yeah. exactly Jack hence with my thing of saying whether or not that's not because of the Hobbit law that PJ and Sir John Key <laughs> um, entered and did and fucked up a lot of us um, whether it's because of that or whether it's because genuinely we have a lot of talent which a lot of producers are saying yeah New Zealand film makers and crew are awesome wicked um, that means we've been potentially getting better you, yes you have things that you're already against yeah I think it's the really weird thing to come to terms with but 
like when you don't have anything to fight against then you actually sometimes don't do anything or like you don't achieve the amazing shit 100%. not that you have to like be thankful that your enemies exist no. but do you know what I mean yes and I, I've referenced it I think a few times in the podcast but it's from that film um, The Lives of Others which is a cool German film when it's like east-west Germany split it's about have you ever seen the film no. oh bro watch it tonight watch it tonight it's a real good movie though really good um, the, basically to not ruin the film for you right at the end the guy who's been a bit of a bad guy in the film says this guy who's a writer then like I think he does more plays than films uh-huh. but um, what's a good or cool idea I'm going to talk to you after we stop recording can you do it can yeah, you yeah. Do a post-it note for yourself to me to yeah, talk about a cool idea to do with the lives of others copy um, he ends up saying to him like because that, that's what after the wall goes down he's like you haven't made anything and like mm. since this has happened and he's like basically like you might have hated us and we were like a really bad regime and stuff but like at least you had something to make art about I just think that's like a really good point it's like really near the end of the film and it's almost like the finishing note it's almost like that's actually almost what the film's thing is about as well as the other stories that go on through it that leaves you kind of like oh fuck that's so true but like how do you come to terms with that idea it's like you need the shit in the world to be like you need the bad for the good there has to be a rub it's a yin right? and yang right yeah yeah right just such a weird idea to try and come to terms with the concept yeah I mean I don't know what I would make about if I if there wasn't a massive mental health crisis in New Zealand and that all my mates didn't suffer I don't know what I would necessarily write about I guess it would be something else something that might give you more fame or success just the key (laughs) the John key (laughs) (laughs) the triple handshake card oh man I just did you know I took some photos of him once um, and it was really tough for me to um, yeah it was really tough for me to take them because he just yeah it was just not you just don't like him well I just really don't like his policies and before that point um, and then when he was speaking it was just there were some moments um, if it was 2020 he probably would have been stopped for some of the things that he said um, yeah so it's just tough, you know, when you're like, it's in a different, a bygone era in a way, which seems like yesterday, mm. but people say things and you're like, actually, that's so not okay, man. Like, it doesn't, it's not helpful. It's actually really fucking destructive. So. But hey, let's live a life of positivity, bro. Yes. And look at it. That's like, look how far we've come from that memory. Fuck yeah. Hey, and also, I do <laughs> want to plug something, though. Yes, I please I do plug, want to plug something. Um, at the big screen symposium yesterday, they were talking about changing cultures and shifting cultures. Um, and there wasn't a lot of um, tools given out by any of the people there, and there wasn't many sort of things that big organisations in New Zealand were really um, adding to the conversation. They were just kind of a lot of white people in the room nodding their heads, going, like "Yeah, a practical tool, yeah, for how to change things." Yeah, because I think that's that's needed, right? As we can talk about it as much as we can, but we actually need some practical steps that we can go. Oh, here's some tools on my belt that when I see that um, inappropriate leak, or when I see that. Um, really counterintuitive uh, chip out of the metaphoric house that we've built together, I can do something about it. Um, there is one thing though, um, the Screen Women Actions Group, Action Group, which came out of the Me Too movement, um, from a resounding yes. Is that, are they swag? Is that Swag. That's what <laughs> it's called. Cool. Um, and they came out of um, a resounding yes, there has been way too much sexual assault um, in, in the New Zealand film industry. Um, they worked alongside the Sexual Assault Prevention um, 
uh, some people who work really closely in that area, and yeah. they did this, made up this workshop, which was um, a respectful workplace workshop, um, and it's just a day full of tools around what's inappropriate, what's appropriate, what's assault, and what's like you know you can be convicted for. And people go, oh, wow, is this just something for women because it's Screen Women's Action Group? But it's not. It's all about keeping everybody in the film community safe. So that there, I think if we could get these people who are doing these amazing workshops with these amazing practical tools into lots of different workplaces, fuck, that would be awesome. You mean wider than the film industry? Yeah, man. Because it's, it's not just a film industry thing. It happens everywhere. Everywhere, right? Everywhere. So if we can get these things in and go, oh, actually, we know what the line is that we don't cross. We know what can be used in a court against you. It keeps not only the victims safe, but the people who might have previously caused harm to go, actually, I'm not going to do that because I know that's unsafe and it could mm. cause harm to another person, which is fucking awesome. So shout out Swag and Z, is yeah. that? Swag, Screen Women's Action Group. Also worked, um, helped by WorkSafe, which is worksafe.co.nz um, which I think anyone who's employed or contractor should go on to WorkSafe and have a look at their website because there's a whole lot of tools which can help you be safer in your workplace and we need better safer workplaces that's kind of my plug and 2113 is totally aligned with it yeah 2113 creatives that's what Miriam and I that's, that's how I really shit plug <laughs> um, <laughs> but check us out hashtag, <laughs> not hashtag um, our Instagram handle is at two one one three creatives, and we do That's some cool two work. one one three. The actual physical numbers. The physical numbers, correct. Two one one three creatives, for all your wholesome, life changing content. Visual storytellers, I have. Visual to find. storytellers, and if you see a black van driving around with white rims and a number plate that says F L M C R W Film Crew, that's us. So beep at us and say hey. I heard you on the podcast. Kilda, let's work. Yeah, yeah, hard. Because we're, oh, yeah, we're always done. open to more work, right? Everyone, yeah. We want to do more work, and we want to do more social good work. So look forward to a a campaign with Crumb Cafe. Um, it's officially out there. And two M one three. Which the last time we did the podcast where we mentioned something on it was Little Crime, and then I had to actually do that. So I guess I have to actually do that with you now. Finally, because it's been about eight months since we said we were going to do it. <laughs> Look, I'm really cool, Jack. So just leave me alone. Right? <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you're having a great December. See you at the cafe, or see you on the internet. Goodbye.